Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 205 DGS, Ricky Horton coming up later. Uh, one hour from now, we have the priest and the rabbi, so should be a fun show. You guys know a lot more, I think, uh, understand more about Elon Musk than I do, but he seems like he's losing his mind. Have you read much about this stuff with Ukraine? The new stuff about turning off Starlink yeah. in advance of a Ukraine yes. offensive. Yeah. So basically, if you haven't heard this, the allegation <clears throat> is that uh, he turned off Starlink, this group of satellites, because he thought that Ukraine was going to take some sort of action against Russia. And he was afraid that Russia would retaliate in a nuclear way. And so he shut it down. And so Ukraine's basically saying, so you are an enemy combatant of Ukraine and uh, supporting Russia. And then he's had this war with the ADL, which Mm -hmm. we can ask Rabbi about when he gets here. Mm -hmm. And now uh, synagogues are putting on more security specifically because of the fight that they're having with Elon Musk. It's like like he's trying to become a supervillain or something Mm -hmm. or just doesn't have... I know he's on the spectrum. I know he's talked about, you know, having Asperger's and such. And I don't know enough about that condition to know. Uh, would this have anything to do with it? Or is he just, is this just him? I think it's just him. The Starlink thing is really interesting because he used that for a lot of free publicity and free positive publicity back in uh, when the war started. He uh, He was big on, you know, pushing that out and going like, hey, guess what? I uh, Internet's failing in Ukraine because they're at war. I'm going to step in and save everybody. I put Starlink over there, so now you have this satellite Internet. But now we're seeing he's really just using that to control <laughs> what he wants to yeah. control. It was a now really, he's going, whoa, I don't want you guys to have Internet anymore. I'm taking it away. It's a really interesting part of uh, the piece that Ronan Farrow did. He did a huge deep dive on Elon. Not specific to Ukraine or anything else. Just kind of like a big kind of here. This is this is Elon kind of piece. And this was one part of it where he did it, you know, at his own goodwill. He kind of did it for free at first. And then he actually, I believe, according to the Ronan Farrell story, contracted with the U.S. government to do that. And they were going to start paying him to do that. So he wasn't out his own money for helping out by keeping Starlink up. But yeah, that's a fascinating thing where we, we, we the way this has gone down, a, a super billionaire, the richest man in the world is impacting how a military conflict is being fought. 
And what and in that story, by the way, in that story by Ronan Farrow, it's really long and it's a it's a hard read because it's really long. But U.S. officials in there were upset because he had communicated directly with Putin on his own, not through U.S. government channels, which again is a bit of a no-no, right? I mean, U.S. citizens communicating with the leader of a of a hostile government, and then taking public positions about it. Remember Elon, when you remember he put his plan out, this is how you should solve Ukraine and they give up this and they give up that. And everybody else is like, well, wait a minute. First of all, who are you to be offering these suggestions? Well, that followed the contact with Putin. Like this is the scariest thing about all of this to me is the power of the mega billionaire. Why couldn't Jeff Bezos do these same things? Why couldn't anybody else at that level do the same kinds of things? Just act on their own behalf, regardless of what country they live in. They're not, they're not about the country. They're going to do whatever's best for them. And they're basically independently trying to work on the best terms that keep, you know, because I, I guess there's some, there's something about, he, he did some other move with China because they make a lot of the Teslas there or some of the parts for Teslas. And he's been trying to assuage their concerns because they're buddies with Russia in all of this. I'm like, okay, but you're, you're a U.S. citizen, right? Like, you should be following what we're doing, not just navigating your own thing so you can get a better deal from China by helping and make sure that Ukraine doesn't really do too it much damage pretty, to Russia. It is pretty terrifying to think that he would have the power to give and take away Internet from anywhere. But, don't we, but don't we give him that power by going to him for Internet access? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like... I mean, he's in this position because he's in the position. I don't think it's, like, wild that he's making choices for himself based on the fact that he's been given this power because people need the product that he created. Um, I'm looking at this article from Insider, and uh, journalist Walter Isaacson is writing this biography on Elon. Um, He says, The militarization of Starlink has made Musk deeply uncomfortable Musk said during an interview, how am I in this war? Starlink was not meant to be involved in wars. It was so people can watch Netflix and chill and get online for school and do good, peaceful things, not drone strikes. So apparently he's terrified that if Ukraine uses the Internet for these drone attacks, Russia is going to strike back with nuclear power. I mean... I'm not trying to defend Elon Musk here, but I get why if you were in that position and that was something you were scared of and you have the power making that call of like, okay, well, I'm not going to be the reason this happens. I don't know. Do I sound no. evil for saying that? No, no, that's a good point. <laughs> I think I think maybe the problem, the, well, my, my worry is about Elon, but more than that. Like, why isn't there a better solution than just going to the richest man in the world and saying, we need you to bail us out? Right. How many yeah. countries are there in the world? How many powers in the world and you're telling me that none of you combined could do this? Or is it because, well, it's cheaper if we just use Elon? Which is what we've kind of, I think, devolved into. We've devolved into putting everything in the hands of private industry and contractors. And some of that's good. Some of it's not good. Some of it's adding cost where people inside the military could do some of those same things like they used to. Um, but then when you become dependent on an outside source, though... 
you're actually giving up some of the power in that equation, right? Yeah, I guess which is why I'm less frustrated with Elon Musk as I am with the fact that we're going to Elon in the first place for these resources. Speaking of billionaires, right, you had this on the Google Doc about uh, Oprah and uh, Dwayne Johnson taking crap in Maui. Yeah, so they made a video together and they were like, we're just asking everyone to donate some money for the Maui victims and... Every little bit goes a long way, and internet users are like, why don't you guys just take care of it? Oprah, you're a billionaire. Dwayne The Rock Johnson has like $800 million. They both have ties to Maui. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to the common person and asking them for money? I think there's this delicate balance that celebrities have to strike when they when they do ask for charity because I think Megan Fox was someone who recently put out a crowd fund yes. thing for like $40,000 for her hairstylist yes. surgery or something like that and people were saying, "Why don't you just pay for it? You have the money." Why are you asking people who aren't even connected to the situation to do charity and pay for this? So people are saying the same thing about Oprah and The Rock. They've been, uh, even before that, uh, the locals there, they they don't like Oprah. I don't think they like people who come in and buy up their land who Mm -hmm. aren't from there. And she has just bought thousands of acres of land. And uh, then when they said, hey, we're putting 10 million in, and, and, you know, they expected everyone to start kissing their asses like, oh, my God, thank you. You're saving, you know, Hawaii. Uh, but instead, they're like, shove it up your butt. Ten, ten million's nothing to you. Mm. And, and, and one point I saw that the people were making online was just do this quietly. Go to your friends who are hundreds of millionaires or billionaires and just raise the money as opposed to asking normal people to do it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's the best point. Is like you these all of them hang in those circles. Now the two of them are not in the same circle, right? I think The Rock's worth a quarter of a billion and Oprah's worth two point five billion. So they're not really in the same financial circle, but they're very influential in that. I mean, how many rich friends do they each have? And if each one of them were to give, say, ten million dollars, like I mean, again, what's ten million dollars when your net worth is two point five billion? I mean, it's yeah. like me. It's like me. It's like me donating a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It's mm-hmm. a blip on the radar. Um, I would say that that's a. Ver- those are all very fair criticisms because we do this all the time, though, right? Like we're just going to put it on the masses because there's so many people. But for so many quote unquote normies, asking for fifty bucks might actually impact them. Mm-hmm. Hundred ten million doesn't impact Oprah at all. A little, not even a little bit. Yeah, but she might do that thing where it's like, you don't understand a billionaire's perspective. I don't just have 10 million lying around. Bet you could yeah. get it. I don't have it. I bet liquid. you could get it. I bet you could get it. I bet you could sell one house and get it. Mm-hmm. How many houses do you have? Sell one. Now you've only got four. Wah, wah. Uh, Rach, what's the deal with Gen Z? Oh, so I keep seeing this. Gen Z will not post fit pictures of their feet. And a lot of times when I notice like Gen Z little teeny boppers running around in public, I don't think they wear sandals too much. I, I'm sure some do, but they wear tennis shoes a lot because they want to keep their feet covered because the logic behind it, I keep seeing this on the internet, is that people with foot fetishes are going to see your feet on the internet and be like, score! So they just like blur their feet or wear tennis shoes everywhere to avoid being sexualized by weird foot fetish people. I don't understand okay. any and of that at all. And they call them their dogs. They're like, I got to keep my dogs covered and that's <laughs> their feet.
Um, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Question. Yes, Dave. That's the floor is open. Totally fine. Like, mm-hmm. great. But I wonder why just the people looking at their feet as opposed to the people looking at everything else. Like, why is that what bothers them as opposed to... Well, people are saying wearing like, next to nothing and people looking wearing at that. yoga pants as opposed to yeah. having your bare feet because people will pay for feet pictures. So it's like no free foot pics. If you're going to see my feet, you're going to pay for them. We <laughs> live in the strangest time. She's a hundred percent. She's a hundred percent right. There. I mean, the thing. if someone's willing to pay, why give it away? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep the dogs covered until you get the check. I didn't realize it was a business decision at first. <laughs> That makes more sense if it's a business decision. And it's not necessarily, it could just be like, you know, if I put a picture of myself like walking around the house or whatever and my feet are out, not mine specifically, but somebody, <laughs> you know, it's it's never crossed my mind. I mean, I'm a 59-year-old man. It, it shouldn't yeah, cross my mind. That's, but that's for the best, for sure. Speaking <laughs> of that, in the right here. let me just, let me say the quiet part out loud. So being my age and being at the point I am in my career, uh, where I would like to do maybe another 10 years, who knows? Maybe I, maybe I do another one, maybe I do another 20, who knows? But I'm in an interesting position, I think, that I think I present younger than I am. I think I know more things about the world than most 59-year-olds strictly because of the job I do. Mm-hmm. Strictly because mm-hmm. every day I have to look at stuff. Yeah. And I work with you guys and I go like, what We're is- telling you about the dogs. Exactly. Covering up the like, dogs. What does this mean? <laughs> so I think I know more than most 59-year-olds. However, I'm increasingly feeling like that quarter on the quarter machine <laughs> getting close to the edge in that there's more and more stuff every day that just I don't understand. And so for my career, if there's a decision to be made, maybe you don't have to make one. But do you go after the younger audience? Do you go like, hey, I know I'm 59, but no. I play 38? Or do <laughs> or do you just age with the people from your generation? Because there are a ton of people out there within 10 years of me either way who feel the same way, who might really just like a radio show every day that they don't have to feel like they're listening to aliens. Yeah, I would not try to go after Gen Z. I mean, I'm a I'm one generation removed, and I'm not trying to go after Gen Z. Oh no, I'm not even talking about that. I'm I'm talking more like going after millennials. I think you just do your thing and be you, and millennials will identify with that, like in general. Um, but I I think if you try to st- like stay hip for the kids, I think that always backfires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I tend to agree. I was you watching- look like the Buscemi meme. I was watching TV with a friend the other day, both millennials, and there was a Puma commercial, and there were all these, like, beautiful young people modeling the Puma, and they turned to me and they go, are we supposed to know who these people are? And I'm like, I don't know. It seems like we are, but they're Gen Z influencers. I'm not plugged into that sort of thing, and it would be weird if I was, if I was super up on, like, the biggest Gen Z TikTok star or Snapchat star. I mean, could you imagine? It's not for me, so I shouldn't try to insert myself into it. It's a strange feeling being quote unquote out of it. Um, and I only feel out of it because I'm so exposed to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I were just living a normal life in a normal neighborhood, doing a normal job, I wouldn't hear things like Gen Z doesn't show their feet, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so I would just be like, Hey, remember Barney Miller? So, <laughs> but when you're in the position to be constantly inundated with new stuff, 
you're going to feel more and more like, I don't belong. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're not supposed to get it. Right? I mean, I don't mean that in a proprietary way, but like... Yeah, it's not for us. My, I, I, I couldn't picture my dad being like, yeah, Nirvana's amazing. <laughs> like, that would have been yeah, weird. Would've I would have been, been like, stop it, dad. Stop. <laughs> Go away. Like, we're not supposed to get it, just like they don't get our things. But maybe you get it without realizing you get it, Dave, because you've kept the dogs covered up this summer. You haven't mm-hmm. been wearing your Birkenstocks. Well, I have celebrity dogs, and so <laughs> yeah. you were talking with a. There are people out there that'll pay a pretty penny for these. Yeah, yeah that's a, a good more. point. Yeah, <laughs> I have a theory at this point. Every foot fetish picture out there is Trish because. <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, remember a couple years ago when it came up, she was like, "Where do I post yeah. this?" Like, <laughs> do you think they she have? She's just eight- changing the nail polish. And <laughs> do you think they have? Like, here's three different emails. She's doing one toe at a time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you think they have foot foot agents <laughs> kind of book you for <laughs> right here's a session for a two thousand dollars Costanza was a hand model those are called pimps wheeler <laughs> foot pimp yeah foot okay pimp. fp all right anyway we should probably break yeah now. let's take a break sorry and that's on me i was not paying attention here we go National Beer Lovers Day, and I have in front of me a list of your zodiac sign, what beer you love, and why. Okay. What are you, Rach? Leo. Leo, you love Corona because it's Spanish for crown, and Leo is the sign of royalty. Oh, okay. All right. Is that true? <laughs> um, my brother really likes Corona. Okay. And his sister is a Leo. I'm so. a Sagittarius. Uh, Sapporo. Because you're adventurous, and so is the guy who created it. He left Japan in the 1860s at the age of 17, which was forbidden back then and studied brewing in Germany. Hmm. I don't drink beer, so I guess I should try Sapporo. <laughs> Andrew? Maybe I'll like it. He's a Leo, too. No, I'm a Cancer. Oh, sorry. I thought you guys were best friends. Man, I we're thought in between. we were, too. Rachel, how could you insult him like that? I guess. You're, you're, like right, you're like the first day of a Leo. I think Leo's really? like the 28th of July. Uh, you love Blue Moon because cancers are ruled by the moon and because cancers are nostalgic. Baseball's nostalgic, and Blue Moon was the brainchild of a place called Sandlot Brewery at Coors Field in Denver. That's so funny. I have often felt controlled by the moon. That's very interesting. <laughs> I know my other best friend is a Virgo. I've also been yes. spoken to by the moon. And they got this one right. Uh, my favorite beer is Mick Ultra because I'm boring. Um, <laughs> and it says because Virgos are health conscious and Mick Ultra is uh, so watered down, it sometimes is called the Gatorade of beers. Is it really? Is that what that, that says? That's what it says. Man, taking shots. <laughs> Why well, yeah. was here? It's just an beer insult. for women. I don't know. <laughs> it's like you know. guys like bad burr. But I, I can readily admit that's why it's my favorite beer. It's like really? sixty okay. calories. I don't too. like a challenging beer. Okay, yeah. I'm just like. Oh, do we have time for your uh, wing thing? Oh, yeah, we do. So I guess earlier today they were doing like a wing challenge on Mm -hmm. Y98 or something. And when I got in, there were two trays of wings in the kitchen. (laughs) And Andrew told me, like, watch out. One of them's really hot. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try one because they sound good. And there was a sign letting you know which was which. And I just decided not to read it and go off of instinct instead. And I went with the wrong one. Yeah, I, I ate the really hot wing. So I had to, like, eat a bunch of cookies and eat an apple and chug water <laughs> to try to... Eat a bunch of cookies. Well, I thought the cookies would kind of like, like tamp the down the heat. It. She's, tear- yeah. she's tearing up and Someone she goes... Someone give me a donut! <laughs> she's tearing up and she goes, how am I supposed to know which one was which? And I said, well, it was, there was a sign. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to take the time to read the sign. What am I... What do I have all day? <laughs> <laughs> 
236 DGS, gonna do some audio for you here. Can I tell you guys a quick story that's gonna make your butthole clench? Like, what we're just talking about wheels, about uh, doing business and how this job fits as other jobs don't. I was talking about when I was a lawyer. So, when I was a very young lawyer at a big firm, and you have it's all about billing. Billable hours, billable hours, billable hours. You think about a case, if you're in the bathroom and you're thinking about a case, you bill that, blah, 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 blah. So we had a client that was like an insurance company, uh, like a medical insurance company. And my client at the company used to be at my law firm. So she was at my law firm doing my job so well that the company's like, you need to come here and be our counsel. Okay, got the picture? Mm-hmm. So I was constantly sending her letters, you know, keeping up on what's going on in the file. And I sent her a letter that was basically like one paragraph of, uh, hey, we took the deposition of uh, Dr. Rachel Zimmerman, and uh, she did very well, and I think the case is looking good, and I'll update you in another month. Uh, Best regards, respectfully yours, Dave. And uh, I think I billed like a .3 or something like that. So what is that, 20 minutes or so? Mm -hmm. So uh, a couple weeks go by. I get a call from her, and she liked me a lot. And she's like, hey, Dave, uh, just want to talk to you about this. I got your letter and I got the bill. And could you do me a favor, pull the file? So I did. Could you read me that letter? And so I read it to her and she's like, okay, that took you about 50 seconds to read. I'd like to sit here for the next 19 minutes with you in silence. Just so you can see how much you overbilled me. And of course, I'm like a young pup and I'm just like, you know, like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3, 6.8, whatever. And we sat there for about two minutes and then she let me off the hook. But man, oh man, what a lesson. Mm-hmm. Like, what a power move. Ooh, doesn't that just make you nervous? Uh-huh. Ah, it was awful. I'm going to come to your defense. Okay. I bet it took a whole lot longer than what you what she suggested to write it and think about it and put it all the thoughts together and edit it and make sure it didn't have any punctuation or spelling errors. You're bet- right. Screw her. <laughs> I learned nothing. I mean, I mean reading, that was my, that was my uh, first read, thought. Reading though. something is fast. Writing something is not necessary. Now, you know, and 50 seconds to write. So it's basically a minute copy. It's a page-ish. Right? I don't know. Did you send it in a text? Those are pretty easy. Did to you have fire to do? Off. Did you have to do any research to put that letter together? Not, not a lot. Oh, all right. Here's, here's all the right. thing, Kevin. I'm trying, I'm trying to help. I know you are. Here's the thing, Kevin. I appreciate it. You're giving Dave an out, and I'm Dave trying. is openly admitting that he did not yeah. take 20 and minutes. And I'm over to here going like, "It's Dave." So <laughs> Just, I'm trying, buddy. Dave actually might have written it faster than it took to read. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He, he just takes a previously written letter and scratches out the names. Okay. <laughs> There's a general rule when someone's being self-deprecating. Hey, I tried, buddy. I really uh, liked that baby picture yesterday, too. Did you like that? I did. Did you see the colorized version? That was cool. Yeah, that was cute. Did you see the animated version? No. I don't. I didn't like the that animated version. That was creepy. Version. Yeah, someone animated it. Was it, one like, talking? Singing. Yes, <laughs> singing a the song. Singing I forget which song. <laughs> I want to yeah. see the singing baby. <laughs> it was creepy. The singing baby Dave. <laughs> it was creepy to see your own baby face <laughs> singing. moving and singing. And by baby, I mean, what, what a couple months singing. old, three months old, six months old? Yeah, I think it was six months. Yeah. Also, I, Moon River. 
I always say weird things like this, but I swear I remember that photo shoot. <laughs> I swear I do, because it was at like either J.C. Penney's or McCrory's, uh, and it was a guy, and he had a red rubber ball, and he put it on the top of his head, and he'd let it fall off, and he'd catch it, and that picture on Facebook. Uh, when I'm laughing like that, I swear to God, I remember that moment because I remember thinking, I see what you're doing. Like, I, like, clued into it. Like, you're trying to get me to smile. It's working because that little red rubber ball is pretty damn cool. <laughs> and so there you go. Well, Everyone's looking at me like, um, Maybe you were really singing if no, you thought I, all those things. Some, some people, I don't buy it, but some people are like, my wife will tell you that she remembers, like, being in the womb. And I'm like, oh no, you don't. No, you're wrong. <laughs> You had like a you had like a weird dream. Did she where say you which were womb? The, <laughs> she had a weird dream. I'm sure at some point in her life, and then she woke up and was like, "That happened." And I'm like, "No, it didn't. It didn't happen." <laughs> you don't remember. <laughs> I remember basically when I was born in the hospital, literally. And I'm like, "You don't remember that." You just. Uh, let's do some audio. Who's got what? Well, let's check in with our friends at The View. Whoopi Goldberg has COVID, and she went to do a video chat, and she's in a room by herself wearing a mask. I just I have COVID. <laughs> I just have COVID. I'm still testing positive, apparently. Uh, I have to have a clear test before I can come back. So, you know, I can't wait to get back and hang out. But in, until then, it's me and my mask. And I'm sort of confined <laughs> to my room. Okay, fun fact. If you're alone in a room, you actually don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> no. That is like a level of COVID theater where it's like, yeah. guys, come on. I mean, I get it. If you're on TV, you kind of want to portray like, I'm sick. Here's my mask. But it's also odd if Why, you think yeah. about it for more than one second. Why do people driving alone in a car do it? I, I see that. Car. Sometimes I used to see it all see the that. time. I still see it all the time. Sometimes I would have just left my mask on, especially when it's cold out. Okay. Mm. It really like keeps your face warm. So there was a couple times where I'm like, eh, I'm in the car by myself and my mask is still on because it's a pain to take it off and put it back on. Gotcha. But if it's like summertime or something, that is a little strange. Yeah. Wheeler, I have a question for you. Yep. Did COVID Whoopi not sound exactly like Steve-O from the... Yeah, Jack that was movies? definitely Steve-O from Jackass. Like identical. Like I thought yeah. it was for a moment. I was like, what's Steve-O doing here? Yeah. Sounds like Whoopi to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, they sound a lot alike. They both had that. What else we got? Uh, okay, so Wheels has quite a few pieces I have a lot of audio of here. Five. What should we do? Should we do something silly? Yeah. You make the decision. We got to do the Tommy Lasorda rant. Okay. Because Tommy, you guys have heard of different Tommy Lasorda rants. So to set this up a little bit, um, a Dodgers pitcher th threw at and hit an opposing player. I think it was the Padres he had player. 10 bucks it says that Rage doesn't know who to Tommy Lasorda is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. He is the Whitey Herzog of the Dodgers. Okay. Like Hall of Fame manager, legendary guy, funny as hell. And obviously you will hear the bleeps in here. does swear quite a bit. So the scenario here is a Dodgers pitcher hit a Padres batter, and the Padres came back after the game. One of the players, a guy named Kurt Bavacqua, said that Tommy ordered it, did it on purpose, and picked on him. And this is Lasorda's reply to that. Tell you what I think about it. I think that is very, very bad for that man to make an accusation like that. That is terrible. I have never, ever, since I've managed, ever told a pitcher to throw at anybody, nor will I ever. And if I ever did, I certainly wouldn't make him throw at a 130 hitter like LaFay or Bavacqua, who could hit water if he fell out of a boat. And I guarantee 
guarantee you this. When I pitched, and I was going to pitch against a team that had guys on it like Babakwa, I sent a limousine to get the to make sure he was in the lineup because I kicked that ass any day in a week. He's a big mouth, I'll tell you that. Okay. Yeah, fired if you, up. If you, if you couldn't read between the bleeps, he's like, when I played for guys like Kurt Bavacqua, who was not a great player, he was not a good hitter, I would send a limo to make sure they got to the ballpark on time because I knew I was going to kick his ass that mm-hmm. day. I just thought it was great. I love Tommy Lasorda. He was good. He was like best friends with my college coach. They grew up together in New Jersey, and Tommy would come down and tell stories and curse us out and tell us how terrible and weak and soft we were for swinging metal bats and all this stuff. And he would, you know, there was a time we were taking batting practice, and I, this is either completely true or somehow in my mind it got made up, but I think it's completely true because he comes out and every time he would come out to the field and we were taking batting practice with, you know, back then the, the aluminum bats, metal bats were hot. I mean, just unbelievably lively. And he starts cursing at us. I can't believe you guys are blinging these blankety blank things. And here's give me that blankety blank thing. And he steps in there and he takes a couple swings and he misses. And it's like old man swings. And we're laughing at him. And then he hits one that one hops the wall. And then, wow. he just, and then he just throws it down and walks off and starts cursing at all of us about what, how soft we are. I thought about you. Like, I'll send you TikToks now and then. Yeah. Mostly the dirty ones. Um, <laughs> the funny ones. Uh, they, and they, they recolorized Honus Wagner when he was about my age. And it showed him playing catch and it showed mm-hmm. him hitting. And it was crazy. If you don't know who that is, it's like the very famous baseball card that's they worth mo- like a gazillion One of the most dollars. expensive cards ever. He's one of the earliest, earliest megastars. Yeah. yeah. It looked weird, but you could tell he could play ball. Oh, yeah. 251 DGS. Ricky Horton joins us. Hey, Rick. Hey, Dave. How are you? Good, pal. Um, so I think I figured it out. The Cardinals just need to play the best team in baseball, and um, <laughs> we'll be fine. You know what? I- I've always thought you were a genius, and I guess you just <laughs> proved it again. So I mean, I don't know what's going on. Honestly, it's been it's been great here in Atlanta. The, the offense uh, has just kind of found itself again, and uh, to beat a team as good as Atlanta, their lineup, holy cow, is great from top to bottom. It's been fun. I mean, I'm obviously rooting for the Cardinals, but but yeah. watching the Braves is a lot of fun. Like you said, like they yeah. man, they got some they got some horses. Every out they make is about 400 feet. I mean, they just hit the ball. I mean, they they have. They have tremendous power. They really do. And you got all-stars at every spot in the lineup. They, the, last night, they had the rookie of the year, Michael Harris, the second batting ninth for them, and he's hitting 295. That's how good they are. Damn. Talk about Acuna for a second, too, because we, we've literally never seen anybody do what he's done. We have never oh. seen, in, in over 100 years of Major League Baseball, there has never been a 30-homer, 60-stolen base guy. Yeah, so he's not getting on base. That's good in this series. So we yeah. haven't gotten to see that part. But the numbers speak for themselves. And so he's got power. He's got the ability to get on. He's got a cannon in right field. We saw that yesterday. So he's got all kinds of tools, runs well, um, high average, third in the National League in batting. So he is, re- he is really one of the top players, if not the top player in the game right now. And it feels like he's been around for a long time, but he's only 25. Yeah. Wow, he's I mean, a kid. <laughs> he's a he's kid. twenty-five, man. He just got married. He just got married last week. So we were making a big deal of the fact that after his uh, wedding night, he'd gone over fifteen. So I'm not, I'm not sure there's a correlation <laughs> you want to draw there. But, but, but the point is, he's he, he got a hit last night. So watch out tonight. 
So, uh, Rick, everyone in Cardinals Nation knows about Wayno and going for uh, 200 yeah. tonight in his hometown, going for 199 But is there anything behind the scenes? I mean, you know the man. Uh, anything that you can give us just uh, as we're watching or listening tonight just to know that this is a little extra drama going on? So I talked to Wayno on the bus yesterday just about kind of this experience for him, just emotionally, because he's balancing, you know, he's a competitor. He's got emotions. He's got memories. He's got a lot of con- the things that are maybe almost uh, counterproductive going on in his brain and in his heart. But he said, you know, he said, you know, I've got, I've got people coming to the game. I've got high school friends coming to the game tomorrow. I've got, there's a guy that's been a friend my whole life who I played uh, baseball with in high school who works at the ballpark that I'm so happy to see every time I come to Atlanta. So I think he's really dealing with a mixture of memories as much as, kind of wanting to get uh, an extra win and get to that high level. But the point is, I think it's a, it's an emotional time, probably more than anything for Adam. When you're, when you're looking at, you know, his recent starts, obviously there've been some that have been a good bit better. Is there something you could see early today, Rick, if we're watching on TV or listening to you and John on the radio side, if we're like looking for signs that, that Wayno is, I don't want to say at his best, but he's in his yeah. competitive mode tonight. Yeah, well, there's two two things that are always true for Adam, and I don't think that's really changed. I think he's got to have fastball command. He's got to be throwing his fastball where he wants to. I don't really care about the velocity. Others do. I just want him to throw it to the right spot. If he's throwing it to the right spot, the curveball is then set up. So that's actually the second thing. Does the curveball have its spin? Is it coming out of his hand right? Is he kind of released the release point of his curveball? Is it sharp? I mean, if it's not sharp, they're hitting it. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, it happens when you're – 42 years old that the guys start to hit your curveball, but if it's sharp, then that's, that's really the difference maker for him. So I've really been enjoying watching Mason win, like him a lot. Is there anyone else to both you and wheels who we should be expecting to see this year? Uh, I don't think this year. No, but I think, you know, going forward, we're going to see Graceffo at some point, a pitcher. We're going to see Tink Hentz. There are other guys kind of in the pipeline, uh, you know, so JC, the, the infielder, I think has got a real chance with the number he's putting up, but, you know, he's still young too. I've got him in a trade. So there, there are guys in the pipeline, but I think right now we're, we're seeing what we got. And, and I think, you know, I think Mason Wynn is fun to watch. I mean, he's an electric player with a big time arm. And talk about arms. How about Jordan? Woo! Oh, well, he's, he's finding his way in right field. Yeah. He's starting to feel it. And, he, and he's much more comfortable than he was a couple weeks ago. All right, Rick, have a great time down there. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Good to chat with you. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.